And here we go. Arrowhead Pride Radio begins on 610 Sports Radio right now. Chris Price behind the glass. We have the player, Sean Barber, and it's your, I haven't said this since the podcast days, it's your favorite hour of the week. It's Arrowhead Pride Radio on this show. We'll talk to our in-house injury expert, Aaron Borgman. He'll be joining us later on to discuss LDT's fractured fibula, where Eric Berry and Daniel Sorensen could be at this point as well. The big Justin Houston news. But first, the big news of the day for the Chiefs is a ton of roster moves. Roster move after roster move after roster move. Some we expected... Uh, Some we didn't. Let's go through what the Chiefs announced a little bit earlier this afternoon today. First things first, LDT placed on injured reserve. Sean, when you see your starting right guard go down like this now, at least for a couple of weeks, when you're on injured reserve, it takes at least eight weeks for you to get back. What's your reaction to LDT? Man, it's got to be something that the the team, the the general manager, everybody takes. I mean, that's serious. we, We talked about before. Why were the Chiefs deemed as one of the top five, top three teams in the league? And a lot of it based off of health. We were one of the teams who hadn't faced any serious um, health injury, no, no, no kind of injury bug um, besides EB and besides Soros and those type things. Our starting core, especially on offense, uh, had, had pretty much remained the same core guys. And that's the core guys that have been putting up this 30 points a game. And now with LTD being out, um, it's it's a little bit different scenario, but... We will, we will see. But that's, you know, my, my big news of the day was. What's that? that? Uh, people, you can't see it, but I done moved up in the chairs. <laughs> and I'm kind of <laughs> liking it a little bit. I got a screen in front of me. I got a computer. I got the internet. I got all these type things. Before I was just a side seat. I was sitting kind of in the hole. And now I'm on deck. Arrowhead Pride, of course, starting their partnership with 610 Sports Radio earlier this year. Normally, Sean, when you come in, it's a guest on one of the several great programs, Fesco in the Morning, Show and Vern, could be the drive. Usually you're on the other side. Now you have a computer. You're a co-host. Arrowhead Pride Radio coming at you. When it comes to LDT, the Chiefs have said that it looks to be Jordan Devy. He came in for six snaps last game when LDT went down uh, with his fibula injury. Uh, L- uh, Jordan Devy now filling in. I thought originally that Andrew Wiley was going to be the guy that was called upon to fill in for LDT just because he had been working at left guard, what it looked like to be heading into week one, then all of a sudden it's Cam Irving. Uh, I guess what might have happened here, and this is kind of just me reading into it a little bit, is they like Wiley at left guard, but maybe not so much at right. Yeah, I think that's looking. I mean, that's what you do sometimes. You look into it. You you gotta you gotta look at my crystal ball. And mm-hmm. my crystal ball, when it when it's next man up type mentality, you put the the next best offensive lineman in there, right? And, and, and collectively they have to play. But like, well didn't together. you think that was Wiley at this point of the game? Yeah, I did think it was him, but obviously it's not. Him. I mean, it's <laughs> Jordan Devy. It, it is when, when it when it happened in the game. It was time for the next man up uh, scenario. It ended up being Devy. He got the call. So obviously he's been the person who opened up the most eyes during uh, the week of practice. Another move from the Chiefs today. I think this was the biggest surprise of the day. Safety Armani Watts going onto injured reserve. He had a groin issue in the game. It didn't seem that serious, but obviously it was. And now you have to keep in mind that there's only two players each year that are allowed to come back from injured reserve. We already know one of them is going to be Daniel Sorensen based on Brett Beach's earlier comments that he should be able to play half the year. So you look at this, you say, okay, Daniel Sorensen probably, LDT probably, Armani Watts, disappointing end to his rookie season. 
Yeah, probably not for him being uh, one of the guys to return. And, that, you know, it, it's kind of a double-edged, double-edged sword because not only is going to have, you know, it's going to create issues at safety, safety depth, but it's also going to create some holes as far as our special teams, the cover units. Um, he was a guy that was a master of, uh, of a lot of different areas when it comes to the teams. And he was a guy that made plays for us when we needed to on the back end. So I think that the secondary is definitely going to miss his, his, his young uh, – his, his young energy and his uh, ability to play in the box and out the box. So, um, yeah, Monty Watts is going to be missed. You know, there's a safety on this roster that is pretty good, and we haven't seen him all year, and that's Eric Berry. Do you think maybe this gives him a little bit of the motivation to fight through some of that pain? I know we, he's dealing with the bone spur, which is quite painful. Do you think we see him finally on the field this week just because this is the team that desperately needs him at this point? I'm gonna say no. I'm, I'm, I mean, it just, it just, from 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 training camp, from uh, just just seeing him um, during the preseason and, and all those things, he, it's not. He's just not moving the way he used to. And until he gets back to that same fluidness of motion, um, I, I think he would actually be a detriment to the defense being out there if he's not able to go um, at least close to 100. percent So you still think Eric Berry not suiting up against the New England Patriots? Wow. I mean, and and but if you if you if you go back then to the safety position, what you have there right now, you're telling me Jordan Lucas, and I know he had a good day on Sunday, but you're telling me Jordan Lucas against New England Patriots. The two best players on defense on the field last game were Jordan Lucas and your man D Ford. Now uh, it's hard to say that, but contract year. <laughs> Jordan Lucas, I mean, he balled out. He was all over the place making even some of the plays he almost made were. He was there right when the ball was there, and it was just some great catches by a few of the Jacksonville Jaguar receivers. But he was in position to make a lot of plays, and, I, and, and he was playing at a, at, a, at a very fast rate, and I liked that. I like to see the fact he was processing information, making plays all around the sideline when he was a half-field coverage guy, when it was man coverage, making plays. Um, I like what I saw out of the young boy. How about when he had the first interception of his career and is just hitting the spin button on Madden about, what, five or six times, and he just would not go down? Juke right, juke left, spin, power through. I mean, he was hitting all the buttons, and I like I mean, that, that's a guy, he was trying to score. He, he wasn't comfortable with just a uh, turnover. Like Landon Collins from last year in that, that Giants play. Again, confidence. That, that was a guy who his confidence kind of was overflowing at that point. And I hope to see a lot more of that, that young man uh, come this week. I'm interested in seeing Jordan Lucas, too. And, and I wonder sometimes, because, right, he, he, he wakes up on Sunday against the Jags, right? What is he? He's a special teams guy. But obviously he was ready to step in if needed, and he showed out. So do you think that sometimes in the NFL, I have this theory where you may get pigeonholed into a role, but just because you just don't get another opportunity, like maybe you weren't ready at a given time to be an everyday safety, and then you get finally the opportunity, and people say, hey, maybe, maybe he has something there. Yeah, you, you earn your, uh, your, your snaps during the game, during the practice week, and some guys just aren't really great practice players. And that's sad to say at this level, but some guys just don't show up on the practice film. But given the opportunity to go play, I think he showed everybody. He's a, he's, a, he's a guy that shows up on Sunday. He shows up on game day, and he showed up on, on, on my camera and on, on my film a lot of times. So I like what I saw after the young man. Another move by the Chiefs, practice squad, injured reserve, uh, Rob McCray. I thought he might be in the, the mix for outside linebacker. Justin Houston's obviously a huge story, which we'll get to. I thought Robert McCray could be in the mix at outside linebacker. You had an opportunity to work with him during training camp, uh, but it, it won't be the case. You like McCray? I mean, he can't come back right now, but you like what he offers? A long term, I think he does. Uh, he provides, I mean, he fills a spot, fills a role, um, definitely can make an impact uh, probably in the coming years, gives him depth in that position. 
Um, he, he processed information. Like I said, the defense is a tough defense to learn. And when you get guys that, that, that can uh, hold grasp of the information, they know the checks, they know the balances, they know uh, when the defense goes in and out from uh, one defense to the other based off of uh, shifts and motions. When a guy can grasp um, Coach Sutton's defense, you don't really want to let that guy go. You want to keep him in the program, keep, him, keep exposing him to more and more of the defense. So I think he's somebody in the future, uh, obviously not this year, but next year. Uh, he could be he could be part of the, the the grand scheme. And then the final move of the day: hide your wives. Yeah. Frank Zombo is back. Frank the Tank. What's Frank the, the Tank what's, is what, back. What's the thought process here? He knows the defense, correct? Matt, you know, I, I was that was one of the surprise moves when it came down to the fifty three. I didn't think Frank Zombo was one of the guys that should have been let go in the first place. Wow. So, um, I, I, I mean, I respect his his professionalism, the way he handled training camp. He, was, he showed up every day about his business, and it was one of those situations where the numbers in that room just didn't make sense to keep him. But, but now with uh, D4 being a little beat up, uh, Houston being a little beat up, it's time for Frank to tank to make his, his, uh, his name known again, baby. One of the questions I asked Dave Tobe at the time of the cut was how, was how hard was it getting rid of this guy? Because a lot of people don't realize this about Frank Zombo, and we joke about him a little bit. But he was here since the beginning of this Andy Reid era, mm-hmm. from 13 to 17, and has been so reliable on special teams. I know he's not the greatest option at outside linebacker, but there's got to be a little bit of emotional boost to these, some of these guys seeing him back in the room, no? Everybody talks about alignment assignment, how important it is that people know where to be at. Frank Zombo was one of the guys, he knew his position in four directions. So he knew who was playing to the left and right of him. He knew who backed him up in his position, and he also knew who was in front of him. And so, like, even though some of, some of those special teams where he didn't start at, he could kind of coach up the guy in front of him. Hey, you're taking the wrong angle. Hey, you're supposed to get number, you know, L2 or R2, whatever it was. If you was a player and you was a rookie guy and you, you're up here trying to play and you, you got Frank Zombo behind you, you were always able to ask him, hey, man, who do I have on this one? And he would yeah. always tell you the right answer. They said, I mean, this is a really young team. And a lot of the safety said the day Ron Parker walked back in, they were asking him questions. To recap today, all these roster moves. LDT and Armani Watts, two injured reserve. Frank Zombo is back. Rob McRae headed to the practice squad injured reserve. When we come back, we'll get into this Justin Houston news and the outside linebacker situation. He's Sean Barber, Nick Price behind the glass. I'm Pete Sweeney. You're listening to Our Head Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio. Back here on Arrowhead Pride Radio, editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney here, Nick Price behind the glass, joined in the big chair by the player Sean Barber. Man, you know I love this big chair, dog. Get me used to it now, it's going to be hard to get me out of it. Just saying. Just saying, Carrington. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying, Fannin. He's, uh, you're laying down the law over there. You're laying down the law. Big week here for the Chiefs, leading up to New England Patriots. On Sunday night football, huge game. Really not the week that you wanted all these injury problems, especially to one of your star players in Justin Houston. You look at this game against the Jacksonville Jaguars, you're supposed to have four really good outside linebackers. Tano hurts his ankle. Justin Houston slams his helmet on the sidelines after he hurts his hamstring. D. Ford gets thrown out of the game. So this week, reporters wanted to know from Andy Reid, okay, I mean, here you are. You have this outside linebacker shortage. You know, what's going on there? Yeah, so Brett's, uh, he's dealing with all that right now, and I, I don't have an answer for you on it. Um, but he's looking at some different options, kind of juggling all that 
today. And started on last night, so we just gotta finish up with some of the evaluations from the docs, and then we'll go on from there. But um, he's been on that for for the evening here. I, don't, I can't since the evening yesterday. I can't tell you what the answers are. I don't know that yet. So. So then you hear that from Andy Reid, and you're thinking, okay, wait a minute, that's that seems a little bit weird. Potentially, they're going to be not without maybe a Justin Houston without a Tano Passio for the foreseeable future. Follow up question. Yeah, he's always going to try to stay one step ahead of it, and, uh, and so that's that's what he did. But again, he's working kind of off of what we're getting medically, so so he's got got to make sure we get all that taken care of. So the concern for Houston was up, and then finally. Earlier this week, NFL Network's Mike Garofolo says Chiefs linebacker Justin Houston left Sunday's game with a hamstring injury that could knock him out a few weeks. A source says it's significant enough to make him very iffy for this Sunday versus the New England Patriots. I'm sure we'll get more clarity on that tomorrow when Andy Reid speaks to the media for the first time. A lot of times you'll see when there's these big injury problems, perhaps even Rick Burkholder will come to the uh, podium. He's the head trainer, vice president of health, it seems like now, for the Kansas City Chiefs. When you think about Justin Houston, uh, I know he hasn't really n- necessarily had the year sack-wise that you were looking for from Houston, but this is a huge loss. Yeah, I, li- I like what I was seeing in Houston. Uh, he's playing with a lot of emotion, a lot of passion, leadership, playing in the run and pass equally. Um, I go back to that Pittsburgh. I mean, he was getting held almost every every down by the Pittsburgh line, but he still kept coming, kept coming. And I think that hamstring is just frustrating. You know, when you don't get, you get a lot of pressures, you get close to the quarterback, and then you start feeling your mojo a little bit, and then all of a sudden you get a little tweak on your hamstring. Um, it, it's frustrating. It's frustrating for a guy when, you, you know, you put that much time into getting your body prepared for a season, and then you're five games in and, and get a tweak. I think sometimes, and and I I know that you're in a situation here where you definitely don't want to be without Justin Houston, and that's not what I'm saying. But what it does sometimes is it offers opportunities for other other players. And D Ford is having the obviously. I I mean, we won't know until the end of the year production wise what he ends up with, but he looks to be having the best year of his career. Sometimes a contract year gives you a little bit of that extra motivation, and it'll do that. And PFF came out today, and Khalil Mack didn't play this week, so keep that in mind. But D Ford is leading the league in pressures, and I think he's a better player on the left side. Isn't that a little bit fortunate? And, and I don't mean you ever happy about losing Justin Houston, but I think you'd rather a D Ford on the left side, no? Well, I mean, when somebody gets uh, you know put out for whatever reason, whether it's a suspension or injury, it's it's room for mo- for uh, other people to step up. It's it's room for promotion. It's room for you know let, let's get somebody else on that side and see if they can bring it at the same level. Um, if anybody's questioning whether this is the contract year being the motivation for D Ford. Well, let's put him in the prime time spot. Let's put him at that left end. Let him come against the premier left tackles for a game or two, and let's see if he can really get at it. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to our best against their best. Now, headed into this game, if Tano's not, not right, you got Frank Zombo back in the mix, you'd expect the base to be D Ford on the left, Breland Speaks on the right. I mean, I, I can't. I'm not, I mean, I like Frank Zombo. I mean, you can... You like Zombo over Speaks right now? I like Zombo. I'm a Zombo. You're a Zombo guy. guy? I'm I'm part of I'm Team Tank, Team Frank the he's, Tank. I'm I'm part of that. He's fresh. He's that so we fresh. know. Fresh leg. And and I know he's a he's one of those freaks about his body and stuff like that. So I know he's been eating right, conditioning, preparing himself to be called back up. He's not a guy that was, you know, go eat a bunch of desserts and donuts and all that kind of stuff and come back sloppy. Oh, come I on. He's, he's had a few donuts. Nah, as I bet he's been, I bet waiting here. I bet he's, 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 he's primed and ready 
uh, uh, condition to go to Foxborough and take care of whoever he lines up against and come at him every snap if he needs to. My man, Frank the Tank. I, I foresee Frank Zombo being back in on special teams. Breland Speaks had uh, 60 defensive snaps uh, from weeks one to four, 56 against the Jaguars, and he was able to muster up seven pressures. Maybe he's one of these guys that just needed to get in the game, and you, you don't think he'll get another opportunity? You, 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 you right now, so if it's up to you, if you're, you're the head coach right now. You're inserting Zombo right into the mix and telling Speaks, okay, you're going to continue doing your 25% or so snaps each game. I like uh, the problem, not the problem, but what I'm seeing with, with, with Speaks is somebody like, he's, he goes to the power move. He goes, I mean, he's going with the straight bull rush so many times. And he's inflicting his will on other on, on offensive linemen. I mean, he's depositing linemen right in the laps of the quarterbacks. He's not allowing quarterbacks uh, to step up. That's part of the one of the one of the great assets that our defense has. We have D Ford who can go around the edge in under two seconds, and we got Braylon Speaks who can actually deposit offensive linemen in in the, in, the, in, the, in the, the lap of a quarterback to keep him from stepping up. So I like I like both of them out there, but I just from a, from a scheme um, standpoint. One of those two guys usually has to drop. It's a, you know, we got a rush in and a drop in. And I, I like Frank Zombo knowing when to take the flat, when to take the seam, when to take the hook. I think he's, a, you know, a, more of a cerebral player, and, and I, I would like him out there. You asked Bob Sutton one thing about Tano's development, and, and he, he has said one of the things that he's finally learning to do this year is play that chess game when it comes to, you know, as an outside linebacker, you can't use the same move every time essentially and what he's finally realizing is you can bait certain certain guys you can do certain things and there's no way as he learns the position for the first year to your point that speaks is ready for that no definitely and so he's i mean he's going to the well every time but i like i mean he's a physical i mean you know what he's a he's a physical football player he's a football player he's a a classic uh, sec bring your pail your lunch pail whatever you want to call it pack a lunch because he's going to bring it right down the center of your helmet every play and some offensive linemen, they're not, they not about that business. They don't really want to see him that much. And, and he's been able to really uh, affect the throws. And it doesn't always show up as stats when it comes to pressures. Or he doesn't get hits on the quarterback. But the, the lack of being able to step up in the pocket is something that is it, crucial with uh, quarterback uh, ratings against the, uh, especially like on third downs and stuff against the Chiefs defense. Chiefs defense will be heading into New England to play the Patriots this Sunday, and we found out this morning some additional news, Sean. <laughs> oh, Sunday night. Oh, Sunday night. Does anything get you more pumped up for football than Carrie Underwood? Yes, a lot of things. <laughs> I can, uh, as a happily married man, uh, Carrie Underwood is not on my radar. Carrie, who? Who is good? Who carry under who? Do you need oh, to hear her again? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, you're in your no, car. No, 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 no. You're in your car. Not another one. You wake up this morning. You think it's just going to be a regular old Chiefs Bengals game at Arrowhead. Not only do the Chiefs have the New England Patriots on Sunday Night Football this week, next week. Arrowhead Stadium, Chiefs 5-0, and Bengals 4-1. and That, of course, will be different when they meet up. But Sunday night football at Arrowhead Stadium. Sean, you've been a Chief. Is there anything better than a night game at Arrowhead Stadium? Uh, I mean, honestly, no, it ain't. I mean, to, 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 to approach the stadium at around 5 p.m., 4 p.m., and to see the sun setting, 
and then all the the heat vapors and all the 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 the, the atmosphere rising out of the billows of Arrowhead Stadium to see a red. The, the, the barbecue going and all the tailgating going on. I mean, that's an image that you've probably seen on postcards and pictures, but to see it in real life and to know that in, in, in less than two hours it's going to be a kickoff and that stadium's going to be rocking. There's nothing. You can't watch a Chiefs game and really feel what it feels like to be in Arrowhead Stadium. So if there's ever a chance, if there's ever an ability to get into that stadium to see a home game with the sea of red, with the kingdom rocking, to feel those 142-point-whatever decibels. Man, you got to take advantage of that. So I don't care who you are. Take advantage of it. As you tailgate two weeks from now, you could listen to the Arrowhead Pride tailgate driven by Albright Buick, GMC Cadillac. Both weeks, this week and next week, as you're drinking and you're eating at Arrowhead Stadium, we'll go on the air at 5.20 p.m. getting you ready for first Chiefs Patriots and then Chiefs Bengals. And this Sunday, the Arrowhead Pride watch party will take place at the other place. Please join us. Joel Thorman's pumped up. He's very happy. He doesn't have to cover the site on a daily basis anymore. He doesn't have to cover it during games, so he's going to join you guys at the other place. We'll have information on our website, on our social channel, so if you want to come to that, you sign up. And, Sean, we're giving away more T-shirts. Oatmeal. Oatmeal-flavored, colored. I should flavored. I don't think they taste like oatmeal. Oatmeal-colored Arrowhead Pride T-shirts this Sunday at the other place. Oh, like that Heather? Is it like that, that, got that Heather look? I like a, I like a, like a l- you, little bit. It'd of probably be your color. It'd, it'd bring out your eyes. <laughs> it'd bring out your eyes. I got, I got sexy eyes. When we come back, Tom Brady had a chance to talk about your quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. We'll play you that audio. Zarahead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio. Back here on 610 Sports Radio, Arrowhead Pride Editor-in-Chief Pete Sweeney joined... By the player, Sean Barber. Ten years of linebacking in the NFL. And we'll talk to him in a second. Right now, it's time for Thousands on the 30, where just a day after Sean Howard won $1,000 on the drive with Carrington Harris, and now you have a chance. Again, it's Thousands on the 30s. Here's your chance to win 1000 on the 30s in the National Cash Contest. Contest Text PACK to 72 72- 881, that's PAC, P-A-C-K, like Aaron Rodgers. Not Packers, but just PAC. Want Chiefs, want Chiefs talk and a chance to win 1,000 on the 30s. Only one station in Kansas City gives you both weekdays from 7 to 7. It pays to listen to the largest sports radio company in the world. Message and data rate supply. Your next chance to win is tomorrow at 7.30 a.m. with Fesco in the morning. Sean, you know Tom Brady. A little bit. Tom Brady, a lot of people think he's the greatest quarterback in the history of the game. I would tend to agree. That's who the Chiefs will be up against on Sunday night when they travel to New England to face the New England Patriots. It's going to be a test for Patrick Mahomes. The one thing Mahomes has that Brady doesn't is an undefeated record in the NFL right now. (laughs) Brady joined uh, WEEI for his weekly appearance in New England this morning. And here were Brady's comments on Patrick Mahomes. Well, he's, you know, I haven't actually studied much on just some highlights, you know, which everyone sees, which are obviously incredibly impressive. He's very talented. I mean, he's got, you know, what seems to be, you know, a lot of great tools to work with. So they got a great team. I'm not this, they've got the highest scoring offense in the league. They got a lot of good skill players. And they've been, they're 5-0. and So there's not much, not many chinks in the armor. So we're going to have to play really well. 
and uh, be up for the challenge. It's going to be a, a, a pretty tough game. Brady appearing on WEEI, Kirk and Callahan talking a little bit of Patrick Mahomes. And the guys also wanted to know how he feels about the comparison to Mahomes of how he came into the league. Brady had a year to rest similar to what Mahomes had. But when they asked him about it, he actually kind of steered away. He says, you know, the league's a lot different now. Yeah, you know, I think it was a different time. Um, you know, I think football was, was different then. You know, I think now I think in some ways it's, Pro football is more of glorified college football. So I think in some ways it's maybe a, the transition, it's a more similar game than what it used to be, you know, when I first started. So it's much, I think football now is removing some of the physical elements of the game. It's just, it's more of a space game. And, you know, you see a lot of kind of college plays, you know, more in the pro game now than, than what I remember when I started. So, you know, that's just kind of how things have went over the last bunch of years. I don't know if you get this sense, Sean, but I listened to those two clips of him kind of talking about Mahomes and kind of talking about what Mahomes is going through. And you can tell there's a little bit of everybody relax. <laughs> I've been doing this for nearly 20 years. Let's chill on the kid a little bit. Yeah, it's the reason they called him the GOAT. I mean, he has a handful of championship rings to support the fact that he's one of the greatest quarterbacks, if not the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. But, I mean, I, I got to say, I, I think he was lying in that first clip when he says he's watched some films, and he's seen some highlights, he's seen some... Like, he's not spending any time watching the Chiefs offense. He's, he, he is so <laughs> you obsessed. Think there, you think there's none? None. Like, like zero that, minutes? Zero minutes. He might be brushing his teeth in some clip of Mahomes' left-handed pass, and he probably was like, oh, good, good pass. Hanging out with Giselle? Oh, uh, yeah. Hanging out with Giselle. Hey, hey, babe. Hey, good pass. Look at the, <laughs> look at the young kid. Make a good pass. But but no hard. I mean I mean he he's I think obsessed with breaking down the Chiefs defense, figuring out all the nuances. And I've always said the, the one thing that the Patriots do greater than any other team, including the Chiefs, including any, any other team you can think of, they make sure that on game day their fifty three guys know your twerks, your quirks, your tweaks, your adjustments, your shifts, your motions. They know what you do and when you do it almost as good as you do it. So you can't beat them doing. Um, the, the, the trick them plays. You can't beat them with the, uh, uh, the the adjustments and the motions like most teams who just do what they do and don't spend time actually trying to dissect your defense or dissect your offense. I think Tom Brady knows exactly where everybody on our field will be when it's time to snap the ball, and he knows where he wants to attack it. Isn't that terrifying, though? I mean, the Jaguars are one thing, and I'm happy that the Chiefs' defense rallied, and I, that was something I never expected this year. Not that I think the Chiefs defense is the worst unit that I've ever seen, but I didn't think it, they had it in them to really will the team to win a football game. But this is going to be a completely different story on Sunday. I mean, you have Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, Edelman, Josh Gordon out of nowhere. I don't, I don't think we even know what the ceiling on Josh Gordon is. It, it, isn't it a little scary? Uh, it's a little scary. <laughs> I'm a lot scary. I mean, I, I had cold sweat nightmares last night thinking about Josh Gordon and you woke up in the Gronkowski, of the Edelman's back, uh, Brady, you know, back in Foxborough. I mean, it's it's going to be a, a, a test for any defense to stop all that offensive firepower. Um, and we talk about I mean, they're going to be giving the Chiefs their best shot because they're going to be deemed. I mean, not not by Vegas, but because we um, we beat them a year ago, they're going to be deemed as the you know underdog and revenge for all that kind of stuff is going to uh belichick's going to have a lot of billboard material to put up about the chiefs oh, coming no back doubt. to foxborough yeah no doubt and it's i read somewhere today that the chiefs 
are the fifth 5-0 and team in history to be underdogs. I mean, you're undefeated. You've seen the Patriots lose two games. Yeah, you're walking into New England, and I get it's New England, and I, I understand that everything goes around, goes, uh, you know, surrounding it. But you're 5-0, and and you're an underdog. And that's, bull- that's bulletin board material in itself a little bit, isn't it? I mean, it's motivated, but, I mean, you know, no, they've done it better. They, they've prepared their team better than anybody over the last decade and beyond. Um, ever since Bill Belichick's got there, he, he's, he's been the best at preparing his team to go play big games on big, big stages. So um, they, it's not going to be any way to trick them. You're going to have to just beat them to the punch. You're going to have to bloody it up, up front. You're going to have to run the ball. Um, you're going to have to keep Tom Brady on the sideline. That's what Detroit did to him. Right. Right. Carryon Johnson, first runner from Detroit in the last however many hundred games with 100 yards rushing. And that was the formula to beating uh, Tom Brady is to keep him on the sideline. I feel like this is the game for the Chiefs, though. I mean, it's power ranking day. A lot of people like power rankings. A lot of people don't, and I understand why you wouldn't. They don't mean anything. They don't mean a damn thing. But it's power ranking day, and across the board, once again, the Los Angeles Rams are ahead of the Chiefs, right? And so there is an aspect of them not getting the respect right now as the best team in the league. or it, 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 It's clear in the minds of a lot of analysts that the Rams are better. Is this the last check mark of them like being the team to beat in the NFL if they go into New England and win this football game? Haters gonna hate no matter what you do. So the, the, the same people <laughs> who are choosing the Rams over the Chiefs right now, even if the Chiefs go to Foxborough and they, they, they'll come up with some excuse, they'll say it was an off day by Brady or Belichick didn't have enough sleep or somebody put something in his car. It, it'll be some excuse why the Chiefs went up there just like a, a year ago when they went up to Foxborough and beat the Patriots. Um, it was always an off day by the Patriots. Nobody really wanted to give the Chiefs the credit they deserve. Um, but I mean. They're going to earn it. They, if, if you go out to uh, Foxborough and beat the Patriots, it's, it's, a, it's, a victory, uh, it's, it's a victory earned. Sean, I know you got to run at around 640. It's Patriots week. As things start to come out this week from practice and so on and so forth, what are some of the things you're going to be watching with the Chiefs this week? Well, you know, we, we go back to the first quarter of the season. Um, 4-0. 4-0 start was a big, big start to the season. We go 4-0. Now it's, the, it's into the second quarter. And we started off 1-0 right now. So now it's the second game of the second quarter. And you get to go play uh, one of the perennial uh, best teams in the league at their house on the road, another big road game, nationally televised. Um, the stage is, I think Mahomes has proven there is no stage too big for him right now. Um, and I think that comes from his, uh, uh, you know, I, I saw I watched a special today with him taking BP with, uh, 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 somebody from the Rangers by the name of uh, uh, one of those great Ranger hitters. What was his name? Played for the Yankees too. A Rod, and A Rod is talking, telling Jennifer this kid, Lopez's husband. A Rod is telling say. this kid, "Don't play football. You're a great baseball player. Go play baseball. You'll be phenomenal." <laughs> and our man Pat Mahomes finds out. He said he thought he loved baseball until he started playing football, and then he realized what love was all about. And he had me at hello. That's when I fell in love. I got the man crush, whatever you want to call it, on Pat Mahomes now because he turned A-Rod down. He turned all the baseball success, all the guaranteed money. That was been the best, the best part for me, the guaranteed money. Beautiful. Um, the, yeah, all the beautiful ladies of, 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 of baseball down, all, the, <laughs> all of that. He turned it down There's for his first. women in football too. Come on. His first and only love now is the pigskin. Ah. It's football. Ah. And he's our own, drafted by Kansas City. Welcome to the kingdom, and he's brought us to a 5-0 and start. So the whole kingdom is behind him. And no matter what happens on Sunday, 
he's our quarterback, and we will continue to lift him up and carry him on week in and week out. He's our guy. Patty Cake Make It Shake, a.k.a. Showtime. Showtime Malone. Post Malone. You know who he is. Sean Barber, you can catch him on the Arrowhead Pride tailgate driven by Albright Buick GMC. Cadillac, 5.20 p.m. this Sunday as we get ready for Chiefs and Patriots on Sunday Night Football. Sean, thanks for joining us. No doubt, brother. And right now, I'd like to welcome on Aaron Borgman, who is the Arrowhead Pride injury expert. Aaron, we talked a little bit about Justin Houston earlier in the program been released by NFL Network that he's out for a few weeks with a hamstring injury. Uh, what is your gut from based upon what you know, just in your history of being a trainer in the league for 12 years, what does your gut tell you about Justin Houston? Well, first of all, thanks for having me on, Pete. Uh, glad to be here. Um, you know, obviously we didn't see an injury um, ever on film, or at least I didn't make somebody else did out there. Uh, we, we don't know what the mechanism was. We don't um, have any insight into it. Now, the fact that he was automatically ruled out is um, obviously worse than questionable. So it was deemed at the time to at least be a fairly significant injury, uh, as you guys were talking about. Now that they've brought in some quote-unquote reinforcements uh, yeah. this week, uh, doesn't sound positive for sure. No, it doesn't. And uh, I think when you hear these guys, I know it's Garofolo and Rappaport, and I know they're not in Kansas City, but they're talking to some pretty high up people that know what they're talking about. So I don't think we'll see Houston for at least the foreseeable future. I don't think you bring Zombo back if Houston's able to go. But one thing I know that you know a, l- a bit about because you have a nice review on OurHeadPride.com is about fibula injuries. Marantouinet Tardif will be out uh, also for the foreseeable future with that fibula in- in- injury. Can you talk to a little bit about what he's going to be dealing with over at least the next eight weeks, because now that he's on injury reserve, he won't be back uh, for at least the eight weeks. Yeah, so as we talked about uh, in the article today, uh, first things first, we don't know the extent of the damage. We don't know uh, where the location is. We don't know uh, the type. Uh, we don't even know if the players had surgery or if this is a rest. We do know uh, that uh, he's out for eight weeks. Um, because of the IR situation, we do know that the fibula, if you're going to break a bone, that's one that breaks, and it doesn't really support a whole lot of weight, about one-sixth feet of body weight. And uh, we, what we know is that bone takes six weeks to heal. That's physiology. We can't change that. And so, you know, best-case scenario, what we're looking at, what we know is that he's going to have six weeks to heal up, a couple weeks to get right. Hopefully, he gets the ground running when he comes back out of that eight weeks. Uh, also, hopefully, we get to find out a little bit more information. So, what do you think when it comes to LDT? I'm talking about now. What do you think the chances are? You know, just in in, in generally in people across who deal with this type of thing. What do you think the chances that he's able to fully recover, and that the Chiefs will be comfortable enough to throw him back out there again? Keeping in mind that we don't really know a ton of the extent, but just in general, generally speaking. Yeah. So, I, what I can tell you is this: uh, the kid is dog tough. Um, so uh, if he's out, he's out. Uh, what we heard from Coach initially after the game was that they didn't expect it to be a long-term thing. Um, so that, again, plays in the favor. Um, I, I will tell you that, uh, you know, most of these guys, as I mentioned in the article, that suffer this, um, they get through that first initial six weeks, and they hit the ground running. No pun intended here, but uh, they, they really do well 
because it's, if it's a surgical situation, it's been fixated. You know, there's plates, there's screws. If it's not surgical, you've had enough time for the bone to heal. So either way, no matter what the outcome of this, you're going to be in a good position to play again. At this stage of the game, where would or where should a Daniel Sorensen potentially be in his recovery? Because I know the Chiefs had said that they could potentially see him play half the season. They are in desperate need of safety help, especially with Armani Watts also being added to injured reserve. Is Sorensen at that point of his recovery where you, you should start to see either way if he's going to be able to come back here? Well, uh, as we spoke about in the article, when uh, it was announced that he had surgery. We know, again, that bone takes six weeks to heal. Um, we're getting close to that mark, if I recall. I think it was about the first week of August, wasn't it? That's right. Um, somewhere there, thereabouts. So, you know, we're in that kind of area where uh, you'd like to find out some details uh, about the player's progress, so, and hopefully we will soon. Um, but, yeah, you, you'd like to think that uh, hopefully when that eight-week mark comes around, that since he is on IR, if they deem that he's well enough that you at least see him practicing. Now, if you don't see him practicing, that just means he needs a little bit more time, and you're probably going to give it to him. Again, he is Aaron Borgman, our injury expert at OurHeadPride.com. He's got a great article up right now about LDT going into a fractured fibula, what it means for the foreseeable future for LDT. You're also the owner of Borgman Rehab Solutions, so check that out if you can. Thank you, Aaron, for joining us. Thanks for having me on, Pete. Aaron Borgman. That does it for some of the injury news with the Chiefs. Again, that was the big news of the day besides Sunday night football, which I know a lot of people are excited about. A ton of injuries, a ton of roster moves for the Chiefs as we head into what will be Patriots week. Some people get excited about Raiders week. I think there's reason to get excited about Patriots week because this is the game that will decide are you one of these elite teams in the NFL or are you not? When we come back, we'll finish up Arrowhead Pride Radio by reading some of your tweets. Stay with us. Wrapping up the return edition of Arrowhead Pride Radio, editor-in-chief of ArrowheadTry.com, Pete Sweeney, Nick Price, pushing all the buttons behind the glass. We are wrapping things up leading into Sean Levine, sports machine, a good friend of mine. We all have the night shift for you guys. But before we go, one thing we always like to do on Arrowhead Pride Radio on Six Sense Sports Radio is read your tweets. We let you tweet to Arrowhead Pride, and we talk about some of the things you want to talk about. So we'll start this one with the dude. Okay, serious question. Is the motive behind signing Frank Zombo strictly to load him into a catapult and launch him directly into Tom Brady? If so, I approve of this move. No, <laughs> I, I appreciate the thought you have right there. Uh, this is not... Old school football where people try to injure others. That obviously, that's a joke. But I think Frank Zombo was brought because he just simply knows this Bob Sutton system. Uh, I think that it is a system. I don't think it's as, as complicated as Andy Reid's offense to learn. But it is a system that can take years and years of experience. I also happen to think that for better or for worse, and, and this is the case, that an outside linebacker in Frank Zombo and a safety in Ron Parker, both are veteran guys, I don't necessarily know if they could pass for any other team in the league besides the Chiefs right now. I just think it's a Bob Sutton thing, and I think they are a fit here. I don't think there's a better option right now out there. But had the Chiefs not 
not been willing to bring Ron Parker back? Have they been not willing to bring Frank Zombo back? I don't even know if they're in the NFL this year. I'm excited to see what Frank Zombo does. I'm sure the locker room is excited to see him back. But again, an interesting move by the Chiefs. I wonder how much he actually plays at outside linebacker. I think he's just brought back for depth. Chiefs Brazil says Breland Speaks is bad at football. He's coming around. I, I think he's coming around here. He had, uh, again, seven pressures last game against the Jaguars. And don't forget, he's changing positions from a defensive lineman to an outside linebacker. And sometimes I think you are thrown into the fire and you either are successful and you flourish or you get eaten up. I think for a while, Breland Speaks was still learning the position, but he did have his moments last week. Uh, continuing to read your tweets, what about Junior Gallette? I don't, I don't see the Chiefs bringing on Junior anytime soon. Does Biennemi does deserve any credit for the success of the offense? I, you ask Andy Reid about Eric Biennemi, and what Eric Biennemi has brought on to do is organize this team as far as be that staple for each position coach. I don't think it's the same as it was in the past with a Doug Peterson, with a Matt Nagy, because these guys worked extensively with the quarterback. If you notice, whenever there's compliments given to Patrick Mahomes and how far along he is right now, Andy Reid is quick to compliment Mike Kafka. I, I think that Eric Bieniemy is part of that, but not nearly as much as these other quarterback gurus that went on to become head coaches. Doug Peterson, of course, the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, and Matt Nagy, now the head coach, working with Mitch Trubisky up in Chicago. Uh, B-M-I-L-L-I asks, do you think Barry would be playing if it was a contract year? Uh, I think it's a lot easier to sit on the sidelines if you've already been paid. And unfortunately, if all things continue to go as they will with the New England, um, heading into the New England Patriots, it doesn't look like Justin Houston or Eric Barry will be even practicing headed into this game. Again, if... Uh, what has been going on with Eric Berry since August 11th in training camp continues. And you notice the difference? D Ford is playing the best he's ever played in his career. So I think that there is certainly that motivation. How could there not be? If someone said to you, your day job, whatever it is that you do, okay, over the next month, you either prove to me your worth and we'll give you this gigantic pay raise, or guess what? You're not going to have a job. I think it'd be motivation uh, for anybody. Lisa asks, how long will Dr. LDT be on the injured roster? He'll be on IR for at least eight weeks. The NFL allows you now two players to return after those eight weeks. So LDT has an option to return. I, I see these two players that are coming back for the Chiefs later on this year as LDT uh, and Daniel Sorensen. If another player now goes onto injured reserve, pretty much they're done for the year unless things are completely changed and Aaron Borgman, our in-house injury expert who we just have on, will always tell you it depends on how the rehab goes. There's no uh, certainties in rehab, so that could change as time goes along. We, we will get more probably details on why Armani Watts landed on IR. That'll happen tomorrow during Andy Reid's uh, first real media opportunity of the practice week. ASAP Brad says, what the hell's gotten into Cam Irving? Probably steroids, huh? You know, I didn't really expect the uh, play out of Cam Irving that we've gotten. I, I tend to agree. I definitely don't think it's steroids, but I, I, I'm, I have been impressed. I will say you got to credit Andy Heck and what he's been able to do with Cam Irving. Uh, Rams Chiefs undefeated when the matchup goes to Mexico, Mexico City from Iron Mike. I think that'd be great. Uh, I think there's a, an added wrinkle to that when it comes to Chiefs Rams. You're always thinking about the Marcus Peters thing. 
PFF actually released some cornerback rankings earlier today, and Marcus Peters was one of the lowest ranked players in the league. A lot of Rams uh, writers will tell you that was because of his injury, and he's still managed, he's still working to come come back from an injury that he suffered uh, recently. Final thing to watch, I think, this week is a player named Josh Shaw brought on to the team last week. Former Cincinnati Bengal was injured during pre- the preseason, and, and to me. This could be a huge role player for the Chiefs. So remember that name. He had a USC player, had that balcony thing at college. Um, But again, now he's on the Chiefs and he may have to contribute. Thank you for joining us on the return episode of the Arrowhead Pride Radio. Thanks to Sean Barber. Thanks to Nick Price. The next time you can catch us is on the Arrowhead Pride tailgate driven by Albright Buick GMC Cadillac starting at 5.20 p.m. This Sunday night and next Sunday night because we're dealing with back-to-back football for the Kansas City Chiefs. This has been Arrowhead Pride Radio. My name is Pete Sweeney. Thank you for joining us.